0: Father, you truly are majestic in all of your ways, Father, and your head above all things. So today we give you glory, honor, and praise, Father, for being our strong time, our refuge, Father. For being our Lord and our Savior, being our Father God. We can crawl into your lap, Father, and call you Abba, Father, Daddy, and you hear our requests, and you hear our frustrations, and you hear feel our pain, and yet you wrap us in and envelop us in your love, Father, in your arms. But today we praise you, Father, and give you all praise and glory to your precious Son. Now convey the message through your ministry today that we may learn and be approved, Father, in the love and life of our Lord and Savior. And take His offering, Father. May it be acceptable to you today as we give from the heart, Father. May we be cheerful givers, Father, to give to you from where all things flow. Everything, Father, our everything comes from you. We glorify your name today, in Jesus' precious name, amen. I was glad when they said, let's come to the house of the Lord, amen? amen. Today is a joyful day. Today is a day, although we have low ones who have gone on to be with the Lord, Brother Dove has gone now, he has entered glory, and we still have his little reef back there, and every time... I look back there and see that reef. I can just see his smiling face back there and him raising hands and praising the Lord in song. And, so on. and uh, his spirit, which uh, encourages us always, will be missed dearly. But uh, he left behind a legacy. And uh, he left behind a great testimony of what the Lord had brought him through. And uh, so he was definitely a light to all of us, an example to all of us of how to be every day of your life, not just when you're feeling good. Not just when you feel like it, but every day. To suffer with Christ is uh, a joy and honor to suffer with Christ. Now receives his crown of glory in heaven. And so, my Brother Texan, you sing that song, Love to Me. I've forgotten that I visited, the several times I visited Brother Dub in his home, we had talked about different songs he liked, and, and he loved that song, Ain't no grave going to keep this body down. And you're going to have to play that for us because I know he loved that song. And you're going to have to play that for us. I know you know it by heart. So you can play that for us one Sunday, okay? And, and remember, the Brother Doug, that because ain't no grave going to keep that body down. Hallelujah. See, he's already, gone, he's already gone to glory. And the Lord, when he comes back, we'll be riding with him. Amen? Amen. Ain't no grave going to keep these bodies down because the, the same spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the grave will raise us up one day. And those who will remain here will be taken up to glory. And, uh, man, Brother Mike was reminiscing of Brother Dub, the way he just ministered to people, the way he loved people, especially the women of the church. And uh, he liked to minister to each one of y'all. You know, he liked to tease you, and, and he liked, but he always prayed for you. He was, a, he was probably the best prayer warrior we have in this church. Brother Dub would pray without, without ceasing, he'd pray contentiously. He had the patience of prayer. See, so we need to learn from this patience that he had with prayer. He would pray long prayers and be very patient with God. So we're, we're good about praying. Boy, I can pray up a storm. The listening parts, we well, have a problem with. We're supposed to pray a while and then stop and listen to God. We want to just pray and let God hear everything. Just hammer it out. Here you go, Lord. Now you take care of it. Now you listen fast and take care of it. But see, he wants to listen more than we pray. Listen to his spirit. That's when, we're, that's when we're healed. That's when we get feels, when we listen to God and meet God there at the altar. And that's when he hears us. And your altar is your heart, folks. And God said, I want to spend some time with you today. See? He said, I miss it when you don't spend time with me. It's your loss, not his. But he said, I want you to spend time with me, child, in sweet hour of prayer. And it caught the sweet hour of prayer from nothing. It ain't the sweet minute of prayer, the sweet second of prayer. I pray on my friend's fries while I've got half of them stuffed in my mouth at the drive-thru, okay? Yeah. He says, sweet hour of prayer. Yeah. Take time, take that quiet time with him in the morning. Give him praise and glory and honor for getting them big old feet out of bed. Them triple E's, see? Thank you, Lord, for getting me up this morning. I can put one foot in front of the other, see? Thank him. He wants us to have gratitude for what he's already blessed us with. So, just give him praise and honor and glory for he owns it all. It's like Brother Dennis said, no matter who's in office, we can put Flip Wilson in office and God will still work through him. Amen? you will still work through him because God is over all things and he's in control. He's in control of the all. The all doesn't See, all has nothing. All can't hurt us or help us either way. See, all is a material thing. Okay, we went out. We went out all for years. Matter of fact, when they first invented all, they didn't know what to do with it. They just all machines with it. They didn't need it. We're in a steam age. Didn't need no all. <laughs> so see, God has worked through each one of those situations for us, and and uh, He'll make a way. It's like brother, Dennis the He will make a way. He always does. Always has made a way, as long as we give Him the glory. You always make a way for us. I want to thank, I want to have a word of special thanks to you for the wonderful love offering that you have uh, given your pastor and pastor's appreciation. And we're clo- getting to the close of this month. I hate to see this month really go because it's been so good about that pastor appreciation month. And, and pre- you've been very good about appreciating your pastor. Y'all really spoiled me with uh, good gifts. I mean, And I want to let you know we appreciate you, Bonnie and I appreciate you. We thank God for you, and I wrote this letter to you. I'm gonna put it out in the bulletin board out here. But thank you for the beautiful love offering that you gave us last Sunday for Pastor Appreciation. We thank God for each one of you, dear people. And always the gift of love was just at the right time. It always is. Every time we receive a love offering from y'all, it's like it's just right timing. Right when we need it, you know, I'm going to see a new doctor. I'm diabetic and the heart disease now. Don't tell me what I'm, I'm gonna have next week, but say, but God, God's getting me through each one of these things. And hit fifty. That's right, hit fifty. Yeah, hit that fifty mark. So I'm getting old, and I'm and I'm sick, but I don't look like it. There, I'm a dead man walking. But I, don't, I look I look healthy, don't I? I look real healthy. It says. But y'all really have really showered the gifts and prayers. And thank you for the prayers. And we love you all. Loving Christ, your ever loving pastor, Brother Darrell. But I'm gonna put this on the bulletin board so y'all can read this. And see I didn't even write pastor appreciation very big on there. Because y'all probably y'all heard that from me. Y'all heard that from me enough, I think, probably. So but thank y'all. But thank y'all. And all and and all reminds you women, now whenever you make me pies uh, whenever, I mean, it's, I'm not ordering anything, but whenever you decide to make me a pie, use the Splenda in it instead of the sugar. Okay? The doctor said I had to eat pies with Splenda. And it's so when you make me a coconut cream pie or a banana pudding or pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie, I use use Splenda in there, okay? So that that's just a this is for my health it basically is it's for me it's to help me help be help be your pastor better okay so uh, so now I have to watch my diet I go I go see the one doctor tomorrow So y'all pray for me doing the stress cartelite they call it so they're going to shoot the dye in me and check my heart and, and check me out inside so um, I should be able to fit in that machine a little bit easier now because I'm smaller so you know I've lost some weight now and I should be able to fit in that machine pretty easy but I can't eat anything Trying so I'm done with the whole test. So y'all bear with me because I don't like going all night fasting. But if I want to fast, I'd rather be sleeping, okay? I can dream about eating food. But after that fasting, I take my test. Then I can go eat. So y'all I just don't want to overdo it. When I, get to get, get to get to, when I finally get to eat and that reward time comes, I don't want to overdo it. So be in prayer for me, Brother Gerald, around 10 o'clock or so in the, in the morning tomorrow. So I don't, you know, I don't. I don't think I'll overdo it. Maybe pigs in a blanket. I mean, it's nothing, nothing serious. I mean, no syrup. I mean, this, you know, something. <laughs> but I have, uh, re- I've been reading a lot of scriptures and um, been. I've been. The Lord has just been this opening me up to be to talk, pray more with Him, spend more time with Him. He has a way of doing that in our church family, and. Uh, I've encountered some people uh, that I was able to minister to at work that really needed just dusting off. They're they're good Christian people. They were not churched or anything. had been in church for a while. Had some situations in life that had, uh, you know, just made them go off track. And so I've been able to kind of ease them back in with some laughter and some good times, some joking around with them, kind of befriend them. So they're getting closer to the Lord. And Brother Gerald, matter of fact, he met one a wedding he preached uh, Roy which is my boss at work Brother Gerald got to marry his daughter and her, her, her fiancé and so we just met he didn't say anything bad about me did he Roy? Well I didn't even get a chance Oh good go praise God praise God. <laughs> praise God he does say I preach more than work sometimes I mean he, I understand that He does, but he lets me do that praise God he lets me witness the people so he's a good boss he's a good boss I'm glad you got to meet him though he got to meet you but uh see I mean If you ask God for an opportunity, He's going to send it to you. He's going to give it to you. It's already done. You've got to be faithful to take what He gives you, that opportunity He gives you and turn it into something that has kingdom value. Now, God's going to lay it on you, lay it in your hand, and it's blessed already. He says, take that and take and run with it, you know, and witness to somebody. Be a light to somebody who's in the darkness. Now, you, you take that opportunity. Go through that door and and just be willing to be obedient to His command. Whatever he, the Holy Spirit urges you to do, do it. Don't think twice about it. Do it. And you will receive a blessing for it. The person you encounter will receive a blessing for it, and God will get the glory for it. And that's the way it's always supposed to be. works where were uncommon vessels used by God. Each one of us is a different shape, a different form of ministry. Uh, I thank God for you because He... Each one of y'all are diverse in your gifts. You minister in so many different ways to people. Uh, you know, and, and, But you do the work. You do the work of God. And I praise God for you today. Uh, the Lord has shown me this verse of Scripture I think we all need to hear because it's a verse of Scripture that kind of charges us up. It's exhortation. It's also a verse of Scripture that keeps our attitude right with God. And I'm gonna be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and starting with verse 6. God loveth a cheerful giver, amen? amen. A lot of people think, well, I tithe in the church, and I've tithed for quite some time. If you don't tithe, another one I'll listen to real quick. If you don't tithe, you need to be tithing. Okay? God blesses the tithe. Evangelist, a lady once asked to Evangelist, Billy Sunday. She said, Mr. Sonny, when I tithe, do I tithe the net income of my in- income or do I tithe the gross income? He said, Darling, do you want a net blessing or a gross blessing? Hallelujah. That's right. You give to God what's God's already. Amen. And give it cheerfully, not grudgingly, but cheerfully. You will not you can't imagine how much he's already blessed you. He's gonna bless you many times over. He says, if you ever want to try me in anything, you try me in this. Bring your tithes to the storehouse. And God will pour out a blessing, you will not be able to receive all of it. He's made a believer out of Bonnie and I several hundred times in our lives when we would tithe and not have the money to tithe, but tithe and receive a blessing that was twice as much as the tithe. Receive a blessing that covered the tithe. But every time, God covered his money. Another evangelist put it this way. You don't give it to God on Sunday, he's going to get it Monday. He's going to get it one way or the other. And I've seen this many, many times, too. But we have a good tithing church. Well, this, this verse of Scripture doesn't mean the, 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 the main thrust of this Scripture is that God loves a cheerful person who gives their whole body, mind, and soul to Him. It's not about tithing. Tithing is, one of, is part of our Christian works as Christians. Give back God what He's already blessed us with. And y'all have heard many, many stories about tithers who tithe above and beyond. And God blessed him richly. J.C. Penney was one of them. J.C. Penney was probably one of the most powerful stories on earth. J.C. Penney decided that, that God blessed him so much, he's going to give God 90%, and he kept the 10%. And he gave God 90% for tithe. And God blessed him so much in that 10%. He grew and magnified 10% became one of the richest men in the world, proving you cannot outgive God. The more he gave, the more God blessed him. And this is not just with money, and I think, it, and mostly, it's the attitude of the heart because it says God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give grudgingly, but give cheerfully, because God loves a cheerful uh, servant attitude that He that Christ has. See, Jesus Christ was very cheerful and is and had much compassion upon people when He entered a congregation. And it says he entered and seen them on a mount and said he's seen 4,000 men with women and children, which have been about fifteen to 20,000 people on this hillside. And he's seen folks that were lost without a shepherd, like sheep that didn't have a shepherd. And he had compassion on them. See? And he healed them and touched them and healed their wounds and cast out demons and all sorts of things in their lives. He healed them completely. That's compassion of the shepherd. We're to give out this heart that Jesus Christ enveloped in his life here and we've seen in his life here on earth and verse 6 starts but this I say he was sowing sparingly shall reap also sparingly and he was sowingly bountifully, shall also reap bountifully. now this means that God he might expect you to move mountains okay well, he does expect when he starts to work in you, you to keep putting that foot in front of the other. And he is going to magnify, enlarge your, enlarge your territory. Y'all you heard the prayer of Jabez? Y'all heard the prayer of Jabez? Jabez asked the Lord to enlarge his territory. In other words, he said, Give him a greater witness, Father. Give me more people to witness to. Enlarge my territory that may bring others to you. The prayer of Jabez. Enlarge my heart. I'll be more like your heart. Enlarge my eyes while I see with your eyes. These kind of things he prayed for, and Lord blessed him and give him the blessing and brought many, many people to God. On the account of this, one of the best stories I can remember about, of course, you heard of the widow and her and the mites that she give, and the Pharisee dumped change in this. Back in the days of Israel, the synagogues are kind of like TBN. They're kind of, set up to where made all the, the rich people look even better because they had these big old tuba-shaped cylinders, and they had these huge gu- uh, brass uh, storage tanks underneath them. They're, they're, they're humongous. And people would bring their coins because they tie it with coins. And the, and the Pharisees would co- come in, they would bring these big buckets of change, and just let those things just ring and ring and ring around that thing. And they fell in and just made all this noise ringing around that big old brass thing that just made all kinds of noise falling in there. And all of a sudden, this widow comes up behind him and she has two mites and she drops them in real quietly, drops them in and goes back to her seat. And Jesus said, who do you think gives more? The Pharisee who give a tithe or the widow who give everything she had that's the last two cents she had on her. Or she gives more than all of them because... Percentage-wise, she gave more than the whole synagogue. Amen. But she gave everything that she had to Jesus. He blessed her. And he said, you not think she will receive a blessing? Oh, yeah. Not just here, but in the lives to come. See? Because she gave everything. Another girl in a church in Dallas, she was invited to the church, and she came with a friend and sat there on the row with a friend, put her best dress she could find on, and sat there the offering plate come by, she felt embarrassed because she had nothing to give, putting the offering plate. So when the usher had the two plates there, he passed her other plate. She took one plate and dumped it in the other plate, and set the plate on the floor and took her shoes off and stood in the plate, the offering plate. So I give Jesus everything that I am. I give to Jesus. And so who give more? She gave more than the whole church that day. Say, because she gave her life to Jesus. They said, I don't have much money. But she said, whatever I have, Lord, whatever you want, here I am. I'm all yours. And so she gave give more than the whole church family. See, it's the heart, the attitude of the heart and this giving process. God wants to give us so much as Christians. He has so much in store already ready to give us. If we would take it and say, Lord, truly create in me a clean heart. Oh, God, we'd, we'd hear stuff fall for 30 minutes, just fall and hit the ground. Clang, 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 rolling off. All these material things we think we need, we just have to fall from our hands. And then God can say, receive now. You dropped all this garbage out of your hands. Now receive the good things I have for you because your hands are wide open to receive. So, and then God handed us the blessings that he has so much better than what we dropped. The other part is actually garbage compared to what God gives us. So He gives us these spiritual gifts that outweigh material things by far. Every man, according as the purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make the grace abound toward you. That ye always having all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. What does that mean? We are truly blessed. Because God has blessed us. And we give from the heart and give to God in a cheerful attitude, respectful, with gratitude in our hearts, what God has done for us. He blesses that. See, folks, you hear people say all around, all the time that when you hear him in town, you go up to town, you hear him in the stores, see him on TV, well, we have really been very lucky. Folks, Christians ain't lucky. We don't know luck. Christians are blessed. Right. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the woman who trusts in the Lord. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We are blessed. We are not no luck to it. No such thing as luck or chance. God ordains each day, folks. He ordains each second, and we are blessed to be called Christians. We are God-pleasers, not man-pleasers. We please God. I remember a long time ago, when I worked machine shop, me and Brother Doug talked about, we're both machinists, so we had that automatic bond in our hearts as brothers. We just connected real good. And we talked about, Several things in machine shop. We pretty much machine the same parts. We we're both in all field. And Brother Doug was mentioned to me. He said, "You know, I've spent 12 hours at a time these guys for 40 years, 12 hours a day, and didn't know them as a, even as a stranger in a machine shop." He said because you had different places. You had your tool and die. You had your well department. And Cameron Iron, if you ever seen Cameron Iron, is a humongous place. I mean, it covers more than the Astro domain. It's a huge manufacturing facility. Their own foundry, their own well shop, their own machine shop, their own assembly. But each building is just humongous. And so he said, I never got to meet. I just see them coming to and from the time clock, you know. And I never got to really communicate or actually know them. But he said, some of the guys I work with for 12 hours a day for 40 years in the same little fenced off area. And we knew each other through and through. I man, I knew them guys better. Than I knew my own wife. And they'd say, "Hey, man, let's get together and go hunting or go fishing or let's get together and go to the ball game." And Brother Doug said, "Man, I see you more than I see my own family. I don't want to hang out extra time with you after work. I'm with you more than I am my own family. When I get home, I want to see my family and I want to worship my God, man. Amen. See? And I can see, I can see why he'd want to." And I can see that same characteristics in those guys that I work with. But, yeah, they're but you become actually part of them because you work so closely with them for so many years. And my goodness, he worked with people for 40 years. You have a bond, a common bond between each other. God is able to make grace abound to you. You're always having all sufficiency that kind of remind you of another verse of Scripture? My God shall supply what? All thy needs according to what? Amen. Amen. According to His riches and glory. And He don't run out of riches, folks, does He? He never runs out. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaining forever. Now, He that ministers seed... To the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. In other words, your labor is not in vain. He increases your labor without us even knowing. Apostle Paul said, As I minister to people, I am on the increase because of God is working through me, the power of God in me. We witness to one person. Brother Gerald got the opportunity to witness to two people and they were saved. Man, what a blessing that is. And then he married them. What an extra blessing. But to see them, those two people are now going to reach other people and may have already. When they first get saved, man, they're on fire. So they're talking to other people in their family, they're getting saved. See, God is multiplying that fruit already. He's multiplying it. That's coming in fivefold, tenfold, twentyfold. See, we're just to be obedient to God and answer the call. Being enriched, and everything. Boy, I like that word enriched, don't you? Mm-hmm. Man, I love enriched flour. <laughs> man, that's good stuff. Enriched flour I means it's power packed. It makes the best gravy and biscuits, Brother oh, Jesse. Man, have you ever noticed what a biscuit goes through? <laughs> that biscuit has to be pretty tough. It's a big old lump of dough thrown in the bowl and somebody elbowing that thing and kneading that on that thing and punching it, man. We don't like to get punched and kneaded and beat on, Then just molded and shaped like that. It's got, a good biscuit has a little bit of lard, I can't even hardly say it anymore because I don't associate with lard anymore, but uh, a good biscuit has a little hog lard in there. Oh, man. That's some good stuff. But see, you don't like to be put in that oven at 350 degrees either. We don't like to be put under heat either, but when that biscuit comes out, mmm. That biscuit has been in the fire. It's been kind of molded and shaped by that master baker. Molded and shaped and cut out just right. And put in that fire and tested and cooked. And then laid out on that pan. Open that thing up, put some butter and some homemade jelly on there. Especially pear preserves. Woo! Lord have mercy. That's some good eating. That thing comes out magnificently through the fire, through all the kneading, through all the molding and shaping just like God makes us. His jewels, he calls us, each one's prepared perfectly fresh, put in the heat, molded and shaped by his hands, but a perfect thing for God. So we're all his, molded by his hands. And if you notice, Jesus used bread a lot. He's the bread alive, folks. He used bread a lot in the ministry, the word bread. For he is the true bread God is saying being enriched in everything. In other words, we're power-packed. Being enriched means we're power-packed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this causes us. Now listen, don't take it in vain because being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us to thanksgiving to God. This is where we have messed up, folks, is the United States of America right here because we think we make everything, and I want it now, I want it my way, and I want it now, I want it yesterday, and we think we've done something. We ain't done nothing, folks, but run our mouths. God is in control of all things. Amen. And God says you've become a nation who don't need me, just like Israel did. You don't need me anymore. So guess what? You've called on me and said we don't want you, God, We want a king like everybody else. All the other nations in the world have a king that they worship. Except for us. We don't have a king. We don't want Samuel. He's too old. His fingers are too bony and too long. He preaches too long. We want somebody that's pretty. We want somebody that's good looking, tall in stature, young. And God said, Okay, I'll give you a king after your own heart. I'll give you Saul. Seven feet tall, beautiful man. No discernment whatsoever. But because you have no discernment, I'm going to give him to you. And he's your king. Did they enjoy that 20 years with Saul? No. He did everything he could do that was rebellious. Was he still God's anointed king? Yes. (laughs) Was King David much better? Yes. Yes. But because the people cried out, God said, I want to be your king. I want to be the one that you come to. I am your king. I'm your father, and I'm your king. I'm your everything. And because you have thought above yourself that we don't need God, we just want another man that we can talk to, not in spirit, because we're not really spiritual people. We want to talk to him in the flesh, a fleshly king like everybody else has. See, that's basically what we want. Say somebody can take care of things in the flesh. We're right. President Bush cannot write enough checks out. He can write one for $25 trillion and it still will not take care of this economy. Man has no control of this economy, folks. God has always been in control and always owned all the natural resources this earth puts out. We're to pray for the man, whoever gets an office, to pray for the office, that God will glorify the office. And he may be glorified. See? So, and the office of the presidency and the office of the cabinet members of Congress. And to work on their hearts. But folks, one man ain't gonna run any nation. It never is up to one man. God said, You can't do it. He said, Apart from me, what? You're nothing. You are nothing apart from me. But with me you can do all things. So you're a part, a part away from me, you can do nothing. We're just grafted in the vine, folks. We're, like, we're just like Israel We're God's people because we've been grafted in the vine, the true vine of Christ Jesus. And apart from him, we can do nothing. But God said, I've enriched you. i made you better. i made you brighter than a regular person. i made you much brighter than a lost person. i made you enrich you enough where a lost person will want to hang out with you So they see something different in you, in your character. You don't, you don't go... You don't follow the latest friends. You're not hooked on pornography. You don't have to have any drugs. You don't have to have any alcohol, whiskey, or anything like this because you love the Lord. And the Lord is your everything. So you don't have to have these things. And they see that in you. I don't want to be like him. And so you have this void in your heart, in your soul, that only Jesus can fill. And you're bringing that to someone. You're a healing bomb of Gilead. You're in a small boat in a big ocean. Boy, there's a lot of healing in that boat. All the healing in the world is in that boat. When that Gadarene demonic run the Jesus, he had a thousand demons in him. And that little boat came to the shore, and Jesus was already casting demons out. Before he even made it to the shore, on the trip, on the road trip, he was saying, leave him. And demons were begging Jesus, oh, don't cast us out. Please don't cast us out. Son of God. They knew him. Son of God. Give him more praise than the men give him. Demons praising Jesus more than the men, the whole people in the countryside. And Jesus cast him out in the swine and run the swine off the cliff. And that man was healed physically, emotionally, spiritually healed, completely healed by the Son of God. Became an evangelist and preached in 10 cities the rest of his life, telling people what Jesus done for him. I could do the same thing for them, folks. That is enriched. That is enriched, folks. The minute you accept the this as your Savior and you've claimed the blood blood of Calvary, you are enriched. You're given something extra, more powerful than anything on this earth can even compare to. Because you've been purchased by the blood of the King of Kings of glory. So you're empowered to take this message cheerfully to the streets and to live out this life of Christ Jesus in your life because you have been enriched. For the ministration of the service not only supplies the one of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings to God. While by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ Jesus, and for your liberal distribution unto them, and to all men, not just to the saints, but to all men. It's beautiful ministry. And by their prayer for you, which long after you, for exceeding the grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift. Now what is that unspeakable gift? To get the gift of salvation. Foolishness to men who are lost that the King of glory, the King of all kings, the King of all things, Creator of heaven and earth, will come to earth and live with us for 33 years. Minister to us, heal us, and then down on the cross at Calvary. To men it seems like foolishness. But to those who believe, those whose minds have been illuminated, those whose hearts were changed, it's a power of God into salvation. For those who believe, first the Jew, and then us, the Gentiles. The power of God unto salvation. Was Jesus concerned about people's physical needs? Yes, he was. Was, he comp- was Jesus concerned more about the spiritual part of a person than the fleshly? Yes, he was. Jesus is much more concerned about your spiritual nature than your physical nature. Many, many thousands of times in his word, he said, hey, what did he say? Those of you who are healed... Those of you who do not need a what? Do not need a doctor. Those who are sick need a doctor. What do we have here? We have a hospital. This is a hospital for sinners, folks. Anybody tells you they live above sin? They're a liar. Okay? We're saved by grace through faith. We're all sinners saved by grace. The saints are just sinners. We still sin. Nobody lives above sin, not even Billy Graham. Billy Graham be the first one to tell you I'm a sinner saved by grace thank God for the unspeakable mysterious gift of salvation except for grace there goes I see that's why we can minister to people who are not really loving that's why we can minister to people who are not really likable we can still love them and show this image of Christ Jesus in ourselves by reaching out to them This is the part of giving, folks, that God says. Giving of yourself, giving of your time, your talents, and giving back to God and say, Lord, use me, energize me, empower me to take this message out to the streets, wherever I'm at. Empower me to live even in my circumstances. Empower me to live a life that will glorify you. Say, empower me to live a life that would honor you to be an uncommon vessel. Not just a vessel like everybody else is, but an uncommon vessel of honor for God's kingdom. He wants to live through us, folks. He does want a cheerful giver. He wants us to have an attitude of the heart that we love to please him for what he's done for us. We want to follow him. We want to be obedient to his word. Not to be men-pleasers, but God-pleasers. We hear a lot of things on the newspaper, other people's mouths. We hear a lot of things on the television, in the media. We hear, what's got man! When I get in the office, I promise you there will be no more taxes." <laughs> man, there's going to be two things every, all, for eternity: till Lord Jesus comes, death and taxes. Okay, there's always going to be that. You can always count on that. Till the right governor shows up it's not going to be any Democrat or any Republican. It's going to be a governor sent by God Almighty from the throne of glory. And he's going to set up his governorship on Mount Zion. And forever, there'll be peace on earth. We'll be here with him, folks. Amen? We're going to come back and reign with him. We're going to be riding with him. So saddle up. Get ready. Get ready to saddle up. I got me a big old 10-gallon hat. I'll see it in heaven now. Like Haws horse cart ride. They go... 10 gallon I'm ready to, there's six guns on my side. My gospel is shooting glory bullets everywhere. <laughs> Getting ready to mount up with Jesus. And we'll be all coming back riding with him. He sets up that government, nothing will withstand it or overtake it. We can, we, can, we can look forward to that in glory, folks. Look forward to that. So really this short term we spend here, just a little spark in eternity. That's what he wants us to be. Be cheerful in your witness. Be cheerful in your giving. Be cheerful in your attitude towards people. Because see, folks, we're the only Jesus some people ever see. A lot of people, the more I preach weddings and funerals, the more I preach them, the more people I see that are in church that may never ever step foot back in church. That's the time um, to preach the word of God to them to live it out in front of them, that they'll see Jesus in you. And that's the main thing. Wherever you're at, with other people will see Jesus in you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time you've given us. This powerful message you've given us, Father, to our hearts. And I thank you, Lord, for empowering each one of us here with that special gift that only you can give, Father. The gift of carrying the message of peace and hope and love out to a lost and dying world. And, Fathers, we tackle this task, Father, that we always go knowing that the Holy Spirit of God is with us, He has empowered us, and we will be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, who loved us and died for us and rose again for us. For we go in your power, Father, not ours. And so we thank you so much for this time that you've given us, Father, to, and you have exhorted our hearts, Father, as we exalt you. Our Lord and our King, may it be pleasing to you, Father, a sweet offering as we lift up this prayer to you, Father. May you accept it fully. May it be sweet to your nostrils, Father, as you breathe this in, the prayers of the saints, as we praise you and adore you and thank you for what you've done in our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. As Brother Dennis plays the music, let's stand and have a invitation today. Today, if you do not know the Lord and Savior as your Savior today, the day of salvation for you, it can be today. You can know him in a special way. You can come to Jesus. He will be your shepherd. He will be your best friend. He will be your Savior today and forever. You trust in him. Come down, come quickly. If you hear the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart today, don't tarry. Come quickly. Don't wait. To come to Him in His saving grace. Those of you who need a church family, someone to just love and nourish you and hug you up in time of your need, to show you the love of Christ. This maybe be the church you would have joined today and become a part of your life. And please come forward also. You feel the Holy Spirit guiding you. Those of you who are I have loved ones who are away today. Please pray for them. Pray for Katie. Today she is uh, sick. Today she says has her, her, uh, her mouth infected. Be in prayer someone pray for her at this time. Intercede for her. She may heal up quickly. Be in prayer for those Brother Doug's family who have not come to the Lord yet. That we may minister them. them and become Christians. Just thank the Lord this day. Been a good day in the Lord, amen. amen. Been a blessed day.